Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. so much going on in our church and so much to celebrate. We've only got time to focus on a few of those things today. But the first thing we want to do is to look back at how we have flourished through adversity with a little reminder of what the last year or so has been. I hope this isn't going to trigger anyone. (laughs) Um, So 2021 was an eventful year, wasn't it, for all of us, especially for Riverside Church. We began the year still under COVID lockdown Um, And that meant we couldn't meet as a church. We couldn't come here into the building. So we continued to maintain connection through our YouTube and online services. And those were small groups of meeting on Zoom and all that kind of thing. And then in April, we were able to meet again together and we held our socially distanced services again in this room back in the building. And then Riverside Cafe reopened in the May, much to the delight of the local community. And we were offered to we were able to offer a safe space again for people to come to and enjoy the food. And just as we were finding our new normal and getting excited about coming back in September and thinking, gosh, I think we're coming out of COVID. Then we had a massive flood. Uh, We've got a major sewer running through the Riverside site and that became blocked during a night of very heavy rain in the August, actually the night of our son's wedding. So we were away and that resulted in a large amount of contaminated water entering our building. You'll remember that? Lots of you will. Our auditorium was the worst affected, meaning that we could no longer use that for our Sunday services. So we were back again going... Okay, let's adapt. So we started meeting in the cafe space and we held two smaller services on a Sunday in the cafe um, so that the restoration works could begin in here. And then we finished 2021 holding three carol services in the phase three area and the cafe space and we gave out presents and hampers to families in need. And then we managed to return back into here in January this year. That seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? But it was only January this year when we were able to come finally back into this auditorium. And through all these challenges, the church hasn't just um, survived, but it's really flourished. And we want to just say how proud we are of Riverside, that through all this adversity over the last few years, you've really adapted and been very joyful as you've adapted to all the different things you've had to say. Sorry, we can't meet in here. We're out there when the building wasn't in use. We've gone through a lot in the last, well, feels like a long time, two and a half years. But we are here and we just want to say, like I said, that we're so proud of how you've just adapted and got on with things. Now, one of the things that we said we wanted to be known for as Riverside, lots of things, but one of them is that we're a church that overflows with extravagant generosity into our communities to feed and clothe them, support and bless people who don't have what they might need and demonstrate the practical love of Jesus. And you are all extremely generous. And it's because of your open and loving hearts that our reputation has grown in the community and we are known now as a generous church, as a church that can respond in a crisis, whether that's a pandemic or a war, a cost of living crisis, or just on a a daily basis for those in need. And we are a church that tries to help whoever comes with no questions and no judgments. And as well as responding to the everyday needs that come up, we have two big compassion projects that we've run here at Riverside. We have Grow Baby and Pantry Project, which I'm going to highlight today and give you some feedback. So for those of you who don't know, it's always good to refresh us. Grow Baby gives away uh, clothes and equipment to families with children under five. So people in the community donate their stuff that they don't need anymore. We wash it and clean it and recycle it and pass it on to those who do need it. Just to give you a snapshot, on a Monday, we have an amazing team led by Mandy, who is simply fantastic. I'm sure she's here hiding now. Uh, And they sort the clothes and the furniture, and they meet the families who come into Riverside, and they can then choose what they want. So this happens predominantly on a Monday. Mel is usually on reception all day and she greets everyone who comes in with a smile, uh, which is really lovely. She's always the first face that they see. And here she is with Janet, another one of our volunteers. 
And our clients explain to Mel what they need and Mel takes some details and then she takes them up to room six where Michelle is waiting for them. And she helps them to look through the clothes uh, and the toys. We have this display out and there's some, there's some toys in there. And then our, our room up there has our kind of initial boxes. And then Michelle and the team get out what, you know, the age of the child, whatever they want. And then they can look through and, um, and, and see what they want. We've got a lot of families who return to us as well, which is lovely. You know, when their children grow, they bring back the stuff that they've had and we recycle that again and then they need the next size up. And so we're building relationship with these families and that's such an important thing. And then if they need a cot or a pushchair or a high chair or a staircase, something of bigger equipment, that's all stored down in phase three. So again, the team find that out and then they go and get that and they, that's brought to them. So it's, it's really about matching people's needs with all the, the stuff that we've got. And then Carol and Anne have been with us from the beginning. They don't come to our church, but they do an absolutely amazing job of sorting out all the donations that come in um, and they come in a lot trust me they're constantly refilling boxes and then swapping them over when the seasons change because we have like summer boxes and winter boxes so it's not just a case of all the age three clothes are in one box they are they have summer boxes and winter boxes so when the seasons change all those boxes have to change we're so blessed to see them because as you can see that's our overflow store this is in phase three i counted the other day has 165 big boxes 165, and that's what they have to look after and maintain. So we're really grateful, it's an, and it's a very big job. There are lots of other people too, but Karen and that's their, their thing that they like to do. And then we have Dougie and Pauline, who do a very different job. Sorry, I haven't got a photo of them. Uh, but they come in every week, and they will assemble the cots and make sure that they've got all the nuts and bolts and that we don't give out cots that people can't put together. So that's another really important job. And there's lots of other people on the team, and I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who makes Grow Baby happy, uh, happy, happen. <laughs> and we're all happy. <laughs> we tend to get anywhere between five and 12 families on a Monday come and visit us, but we are getting busier, so that may well increase. But it's not just a Monday. That's when we kind of operate the, the families coming in. I'm sure that's going to grow in the future. But during the week, social workers, health visitors, family liaison officers from schools known as FLOWs, you'll hear me say that later on, they contact us with various emergencies for families that they might have had um, known to them and then they you know, say what they need and that has to be done. So our reputation has been built now and um, they all know that they can come to us for help, which is really amazing. So that's Grow Baby. Pantry Project is our other big compassion ministry, which I know you hear me talk about all the time. And that really expanded during COVID. It took off. We were in here at one point and it was tables full of food and we just became a distribution centre. It's not quite as big as that now, but again, through COVID, our reputation was built. And this ministry provides emergency food supplies for families and um, they get a couple of bags and that lasts them a couple of days to feed a family if they are a family so that's that's happening all the time pantry team come on a monday and that's headed up by the lovely sue and her wonderful team of volunteer packers and shoppers and sorters and delivery drivers because it takes lots of different kinds of people to make pantry work in the last six months pantry project has made about 180 deliveries which averages at about seven a week and each family, as I said, receives enough meals, uh, enough food for three meals for two days. So they get quite a lot. It's not just one bag. They get two or three big bags full of food. And our food stocks are maintained with help from Riverside Church family. So you all keep donating, which is fantastic. But we also have um, financial donations. We have grants. We have supermarkets that will donate stuff to us and, uh, and something called Fair Share, where we are able to buy end of line um, food and stuff that's um, surplus at a very cheap cost and that's delivered to us as well but as winter approaches and I'm sure you're all very aware of the cost of living crisis that we're in and food prices are going up and utility bills the pantry project team are expecting an increase in the numbers so this is you know it's serious we're in serious times when the people who um, are in need there's going to be lots more people who have maybe never felt themselves in need and you might think that this area is quite affluent well let me tell you there are many many people in need and we don't just reach Whitstable we reach down the coastlands you know Herne Bay right past and we have people that come from Thanet as well 
We're so proud of Riverside, as I've said before, and everyone who's part of the Compassion teams. But if you're not, if you're not here on a Monday, that doesn't mean that you're not involved because whatever part you play, whether you take baby clothes home to wash from on a Sunday or you give financially to Riverside or you donate food to Pantry or you tell people about us and then they come and um, use our services or you simply pray for us. You're all vital and it really is a whole church ministry. So please don't think that because you're not here on a Monday or you're not a specific person in one of those teams that it doesn't involve you because it really does involve everyone. And if all you can do is pray, that is absolutely vital. And if you do give to Riverside, then of course the money that you give goes into supporting those projects. I'm going to be sharing more opportunities for us to be a compassionate church family in a moment. But now Simon is going to uh, give us some quick highlights of how God continues to provide for us. Yeah, so um, God keeps providing. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in one of my uh, talks about giving that um, we're confident in God's provision. We really are confident in God's provision at Riverside. But I thought it'd be helpful to show you a few figures today, just in terms of a, a quick finance review. So um, this has been our income uh, from the start of this year to the end of September. That's our latest figures. We have regular giving from people within the church. We have room hire, so people rent space from us um, and uh, do events and conferences here. That generates income. Um, The cafe generates income. And then we have designated gifts that come in to Pantry Project and Grow Baby and Welfare. So all that money comes in. So to this period, to date, £270,000 has come into Riverside in the form of income. Now, we also spend money. Surprise, surprise. Um, so here's our expenditure. So staff and ministry has cost 145000 uh, Operations, that's basically everything from keeping the lights on to paper in the photocopier. Uh, the Riverside's a big site. We have lots of operational costs. Uh, our cafe costs money. We had to buy a new coffee machine recently. A new coffee machine costs, hold your breath, £3,500. Also, we give away money. Um, sorry, our mortgage there. We've got a, a mortgage, which when we moved into Riverside was 620000 That's now down to 570000 So we're paying significant chunks off that mortgage. That was part of the financial package that helped us get from where we were to where we are now. Uh, our set-apart money is the money we give away outside of Riverside to ministries and organizations. Um, it's worth saying that when we did move into Riverside, many people sacrificially loaned us money from within the church. We had £170,000 worth of personal loans from within the church. They've all been paid back. So there's no outstanding loans now from people who helped us make that jump from where we were in Tankerton over to Riverside. That's a great achievement. Thank you, church. Um, and then basically we expend money on Pantry Project uh, and Grow Baby and Welfare. Now, the astute amongst you will have spotted a deficit. Yeah? So our expenditure over this period has been greater than our income to about the tune of around £37,000. But God has provided for us in this shortfall. We've received a legacy from a former member of uh, Tankerton Church, as it was, Riverside. Uh, And there's enough funds within that legacy to basically cover that shortfall and also enable us to put some money into development opportunities within the building as well. So God always does provide for us. He always continues to provide for the needs of the church. And I wanted to take the opportunity today to really thank those who generously give to Riverside because it enables all the ministries that you're hearing about today. You are really a generous family and uh, that makes a massive difference to what we can do in terms of our facility and what we can do in terms of our ministries. And all these wonderful expressions of church are facilitated by generous giving and sacrificial giving. And the other week I chose to talk to you about giving and many of you liked that talk because I told you you didn't have to give your money to me or to the church. And you thought that was great. But equally, I think I said within that talk, the importance is that we do give. We do choose to give somewhere. And many of you do choose to give to Riverside. It does enable the ministries that we're talking about today. And if you've not yet decided to give, I say to you again today, as a disciple of Jesus, you need to give somewhere. And if you choose to give to Riverside, that really does help the ministries that we talk about flourish. So that's just a quick heads up on finance. Any questions on that? I didn't want to bore you lots of figures today or graphs. The pie charts were probably enough. If you want to talk to me about anything about finance within Riverside, you can come and chat to me personally. I can give you more details about that. But suffice to say, God continues to provide for all that we need to do here and all that we're going to do here. And uh, that really gives us great comfort. And we're not always sure where that money will come from, but it always comes. It always comes in different forms to us to enable us to continue to be 
the generous church that we want to be. And Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom, everything else will be added. And that's what we're finding as we continue to try and follow hard after what we feel God is saying to us as a church. So I'm going to hand back over to Keely now, who's going to look forward in our next section to where we're going. So way back on our Vision Sunday, can you remember when the last one was? Just before COVID. It was in March 2020. And we shared a vision to extend our reach uh, and start as a church by starting a monthly event in Briary Primary School in Herne Bay. Do you remember that? A long time ago. We've alluded to it since. The vision behind the Herne Bay Hub was to have a monthly expression of Riverside somewhere else that created a relation environment that brings people uh, from that community into the love of God. In case you don't know where the school is, Briary School, if you're not from around here, you can see it on this map and its location. So you can see it's just about a mile and a bit up the road on the Green Hill Estate in Herne Bay. So a bit more about the hub and what it's going to be. Herne Bay Hub will run once a month on a Sunday morning at a similar time to our service here with Riverside people from here helping make that happen. There'll be teams and some committed core who want to give that Sunday every month. And we do hope to link the two sites via a video catch-up, a link somehow, when the hub is on so that everyone can feel connected. So that's the idea. And we're going to create an environment with lots of activities for primary school age children and their families. And then at the end of the morning, after they've done their activities, there'll be a short, short little service with some worship, um, a short talk based on the theme of the morning and some praying, which families can stay for or they might not want to. Or they might want to carry on doing their activities and the service will carry on um, over there where they can see we don't intend for Herne Bay Hub to become a separate church at all. It's simply a way of extending our reach into another community and to help fulfil our vision to bless the coastlands. It's going to begin in December. That's when we're launching with a Christmas-themed hub and then it will carry on from January once a month. That's the idea. We also see this as a great opportunity to partner with Briary School. We've already supported families, as I've said, through different things. And Briary has been one of the schools that we partnered with. So we're really hoping that that will build the relationship with them and that we can be a blessing and a support to them. Now, Sean and Jackie are taking lead on this. We were going to pray for them both today. But Jackie has really badly twisted her ankle and is on crutches. And then Sean tested positive for COVID on Friday. He's not mega ill but obviously he wouldn't come here if he's got covid so they can't be with us so that's really sad a lot of what we're talking about in in the next little bit um sean and jackie have taken a big lead on so it's really sad that they couldn't be here with us today but please keep praying for them for a speedy recovery especially for jackie so that we can pray for them in a service really soon and if you'd like to know more about the hub, we will be holding another vision evening in the coming month or so. So just watch this space because you might feel after today something I'd like to get involved in. So we will be telling you more about it at another time. But now I want to talk about a big compassion project, a Christmas compassion project, two of them, which all come under the banner of All Wrapped Up. And the first one is the Christmas hampers. Now, this isn't a new thing. Neither of these are really a new thing, but they've got a little bit of a new twist on them and... We're going big. So for the last few years, you might remember, we've been making up hampers again to give to families who are in need to make sure that every family that we knew that wasn't going to have one had a family Christmas lunch. Do you remember that? In 2020, we did 60 hampers. So we managed to do that in COVID. And then in 21, we did 100. And this year, after talking to the schools, we think the number's going to be 150 at least. So that's what we're aiming for, but it could be a lot more. We have had a grant that will enable us to buy like the meat and the vegetables, but we're going to be doing something so that you can all get involved. So there's going to be something called a reverse advent calendar. Have you heard of those? Yeah, it's, it's trying to be altruistic and rather than just taking chocolate out of a little window, it's about thinking how we can give. But it's only, it's like the first days of, ad, the 12 first days of Advent reverse advent calendar so it's only for 12 days you have to do it at the beginning of December and you will get flyers about all of this so don't worry but the idea is that for those first 12 days everybody's buying um, some things like six mince pies um, a cranberry sauce some stuffing mix and there's 12 different things that will go into a bag that we will give you a Christmas bag the whole bag won't cost more than 10 pounds because it's been worked out so don't 
worry about that. And then everybody will then bring, everybody who's done it, will bring their bag back full of these 12 items and then they can be easily put with the other things. So that's going to save a lot of time on the packing and it's a way that you can be involved and gradually build up. So don't stop buying things yet because you don't know what the exact items are. It's all been worked out. Um, but those 12 things will then be able to easily be added into the hampers. And I said, it's not going to cost more than about £10. So if you want to put a pound a week away, I don't even know if there's 10 weeks before now on the end of December. No. <laughs> no, there probably isn't. It's probably 10 weeks to Christmas. Um, <laughs> I know, we're talking about Christmas now. But there will be a flower, as I said, to guide you. So just wait for that. And the other project is the Christmas presents which we started last year, and we gave 40 presents away to families in need. And again, in May this year, Sean asked the 16 primary schools across Whitstable and Herne Bay if there was no limit to the presents and the families that you thought needed it. So the, the, the pupils on Pupil Premium, where they get help from the government, or any families where you think have now tipped into that, families in need, because it's usually the flows that know that kind of thing. The figure that they came back for this year was 200 and that's highly likely to grow. And this was in May. This was in May this year that the school flows were asked this question. And they came back with the figure. This is obviously not in each school. 200 across Herne Bay and Whitstable. So now we're anticipating when Sean goes back to them in the coming weeks, that's going to be a much higher figure. Those are the figures that we're working with. But then a couple of weeks ago, Sean really felt that God enlarged that vision and said that no family should go without food and no children should be without a present. So we're just trusting God and we're just going to go for this big vision. So you all on board? So last year we, we asked the schools the ages of the children and what they might want and then we made cards up and people took the card and they bought the presents and then they bought the presents back and we wrapped them and then they were delivered to the schools and then the schools delivered to them to the parents. This year we're changing things. We're going to follow a new model. We want to create an experience for those families. We want to empower them and also give them some dignity back while they are struggling so that, so that they can provide for their children. So we're going to be turning Riverside, this auditorium, into a huge grotto-type free shop, if you can picture it, where parents or carers who have been referred to us through the school. So it's not just like open to the whole public. These are all through referrals where the schools really do know which families are in need. They will book a slot and they'll be able to come here during the day or the evening on two days. I'll tell you about that in a minute with someone from Riverside who will walk with them and show them around everything and just give them a chance to choose something for their child or maybe something for themselves, too. Now, there's a church in Lincoln that have been doing this for a few years where we've got our inspiration on. So rather than me just try and explain it to you, uh, I wanted to show you a video. If you can have the lights down, that'd be great. Well, good evening, friends. It's the night before the collection day for families to come and collect their presents. And I just want to give you a quick preview. So over here, we have all of the selection boxes and the chocolates, making sure that every child gets a box of chocolates. And then we've got all of the bags ready. We've got some massive Ikea bags and some small cardboard bags ready for the families. And then let's head into the room. So over here we have the men's items, we've got one um, table of large items, lots of boxes of extras and then we've got some spares along here, some wonderful brand new pyjamas from Hebe Enterprises which was just amazing, lovely to have some Christmas pyjamas. Then over here we've got all the women's gifts which is absolutely fabulous, if you have a look on here as well some wonderful women's gifts and then we start from ages naught to one and look at all these incredible gifts all the way along and just behind we've got lots of brand new things being boxed up ready for tuesday and wednesday as well to make sure that all the good stuff doesn't go <laughs> on monday not leaving anything for other people so in the baskets underneath we've got some stocking fillers as well and some smaller gifts and then along here we have ages 9 to 10 and then we've got these wonderful clothes gifts got these um pajamas gorgeous christmas pajamas 
some cuddly toys. It's not the Christmas sack project without the cuddly toys. And we've got loads of books and activities and different things. So all these are extras that they can have ready to be wrapped up. And then the teenagers. Thank you so much for all of you who knew that we do struggle with teenage gifts. So thank you for making sure that we've got plenty to give away. And then we've just got a small section of some pre-loved items as well that they're able to choose from. And so there we have it, Lincoln. Thank you so much. Isn't it amazing that this is only one site of three sites this year, three centres that are running the project. There's one on Eden Project, St Giles and Moreland Project um, in Moreland Methodist Park. And so I'm sure the families will be very, very blessed. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. You're going to make some families very, very happy this year. God bless. Isn't that amazing? You feel all Christmassy now with that music. <laughs> Keep the lights up. Thank you. Um, hopefully you're getting the idea that this is a big project. As I said, they have grown to three sites now and they um, give presents to 600 children. I don't even know what they're going to be doing this year, but that was last year. can make our riverside look really beautiful. And that's why I use the word grotto, because we want to turn this space into something that's really magical and special for the parents and the carers who come in after they've probably had a rubbish year, really worrying about how they're going to give their child a special present. As I said, Sean and Jack have been working really hard behind the scenes with all of these two things, the presents and the hampers and the hub, actually. <laughs> um, to form partnerships, though, they've been working hard to form partnerships about this from our local community. We do realise this is a big jump from 40 presents last year, but it's not all going to be down to you. But we do need your help because we are anticipating this is going to grow and grow and it could be bigger than we've even anticipated this year. And if we are going to meet the need of providing presence for everyone that's been identified by the schools and the social services, then we need your help, but not just to buy the presence. But if you can have a little listen, it's not all down to you. We really need to encourage the local community to come on board with this. The way that that's successful, that project, is because their community, it's grown over the years, their community is really invested in what they are doing. So how can you help? This afternoon, we'll be launching our All Wrapped Up Facebook page with all the information on and we'll post the link to the page on the Riverside Facebook page. If you, if you haven't already um, liked that, then you just need to find that and like it and then you'll see this. We'd be really grateful if you're on Facebook. Don't worry if you're not. If you can share this link with your family and friends and any Whitstable and Herne Bay chat groups that you're on. Please also share the information about All Wrapped Up with your employers, maybe. Have a chat with them, any local businesses that you've got links with and any clubs or organisations or organisations that you belong to because they may well want to be involved in donating presents. We're obviously also asking you to consider whether you would buy a Christmas present. And like last year, we're asking you to purchase uh, a new present in the region of worth about £20. We're looking for presents of all age groups, so it's not just primary school children because there are obviously siblings in the family. So it's 0 to 18s, and we'd really love to be able to also buy some gifts that the adults could choose as well because it, it's great that they're looking after their children, but often they won't have anything themselves. So as you saw on that video, there was a table of you know nice toiletry packs and other gifts that, that an adult could have. When you're buying the presents, please do look around at the offers, though, because there's some great ones out at the moment. I think people are trying to get people um, stirred up to be buying things ready for Christmas. For example, Argos at the moment have a two for £20, and some of their toys are £18 each, and you get two for 20 So do have a look at that, and they're also doing two presents for £30 as well. So you will get more for your money at this time if you have a look. Um, in addition, we're aware that Tesco's and Morrison's currently have an up to 50% sale on their toys and Sainsbury's are starting theirs tomorrow. And any toys that you buy can be dropped off here at Riverside and we'll look after them. That we've got till the 11th of December. And as well as the Facebook page and asking you to consider whether you'd purchase a present, we've also developed a number of local partnerships. I say we, this is Sean and Jackie. Jack, Sean would have been saying all this today. We'll be one, this is so exciting, we'll be one of the recipients uh, for toys donated in stores at Tesco's in Whitstable and both Morrison's in Herne Bay and Asda in Canterbury have agreed for us to have dedicated all wrapped up collection points in stores for customers to donate their toys. 
So, you know, when people buy food and they put it in their food bank bins, there's going to be um, a present bin. And this happens a lot, apparently, but we are a, we've had agreements to have an all wrapped up dedicated one for Riverside for that project. So that's in some big supermarkets around here and in Canterbury and Herne Bay. We're also currently in discussion with a toy shop in Canterbury who want to help and they're going to be offering discounts for any customers, uh, whether they go into their store or they purchase online for all wrapped up. And any toys purchased will be kept at the store for us to go and pick up. They're obviously trying to make sure everyone just doesn't go and buy discounted toys for themselves. <laughs> Sean and I will hopefully also, if Sean's better, be visiting a, um, a toy wholesaler in Thanet on Tuesday this week. And they've offered to give us 60% off the wholesale price of any toys that we purchase. Canterbury City Council as well have agreed to share the All Wrapped Up page on Facebook with all their local businesses that they have connections with through their Buy in the Bay and Shop by the Sea initiatives. I don't know if you've seen that, but their council run things in Herne Bay and Whitstable. And as all these things become live, we will tell you about them and we'll use the All Wrapped Up Facebook page to do that. And I'm sure it'll be on our website as well. There'll also be lots of opportunities become, to become involved practically as well. We'll be setting up the shop, the Grotto S shop, um, on Sunday the 11th of December, ready for the shop to be open on the Monday and Tuesday. So we'll need volunteers to make that happen. You know, we, honestly, there's so much you can be involved in. So if you have a vision that you want this place to look beautiful and sparkly and just really welcoming and Christmassy, then maybe that's something you can do on the Sunday afternoon of the 11th of December. Um, we'll need people to help on those days become a personal shopper where we're not just going to let people just come in. It's about building relationship and letting people know that they're loved and in a safe place. So you'll be able to walk around maybe with somebody and help them choose a present. And then there's the wrapping station because they'll get their presents wrapped while they're here so they can take it all home and obviously no children will be finding anything. And then for the Christmas dinner hampers, again, we'll be helping, asking for help with drivers and some packers. And that'll be towards the end of December. On the 22nd, we will need those delivered. As I said, please don't worry about all the information I'm giving you. This is just a cast vision. You will get details as we go on through the weeks. This is what Sean said. We're really excited about the impact that this initiative could have on many local children and families this Christmas time. But the task before us is huge. If we can all play our part in terms of promoting and encouraging the community around us to partner with us and by also contributing with gifts, if you're able, then we believe that we can bring joy and some peace to many homes across our area this Christmas time, as well as demonstrating the love of Jesus in a very practical way to our local community. So are you all in? It's exciting, isn't it? Don't let it be daunting. It's exciting. And God will always, as Simon said, he always provides and he'll always back us up. But when you do see Sean and Jackie around, please encourage them and thank them because they're putting a lot of work in behind the scenes. Simon. So we, we're attracting more and more families, more and more young people. And we want to make space for those, uh, those young people and be able to really resource them and serve them well. So we've got some plans to make some extra space within the Riverside site to do that. Now, the first thing we want to do is to start knocking some walls out. So if you have a look at these two rooms, these are rooms six and seven. They're along the corridor, around the corner, towards where we currently um, have, the, uh, have the under fives on a Sunday. We've got two rooms there, room six and seven. And our plan is to basically remove that wall. It's not a pretty room, but it's a bigger room. <laughs> So we're going to make kind of an L-shaped room, which actually will give us much more space on a Sunday. So essentially, if you look at those rooms now, that's what they look like. Top room is room six, bottom room is room seven. And by the wonder of CGI, we take the walls out. And we, um, we make those two rooms together. So essentially, we have a bigger space um, that basically will give us not only that space, but the foyer space adjoining those rooms, much more space for our, for our 5 to 11s to actually um, do all their activities uh, on a Sunday. So we're really excited about that. So that's for the 5 to 11s. Then into phase 3 we go. Uh, phase 3 is not very pretty. If you've been down there, it's basically the unfinished part of the building. It's the site as it used to be. Our youth currently meet in the first part of this. Uh, so down the, down the ramp in the cafe, so the double doors, That's the, we call it phase 3 because phase 1 was the first part to be done. This was phase 2. Phase 3 is the last part to be done. But as you can see, the original factory roof is there, uninsulated. We've got some, a big roller shutter door there. 
And all these spaces we basically want to do some work on. So we want to remove that. We want to insulate this and we want to replace these. So making that a much warmer space and then put some heating into there. So as we go into the winter months, the youth can continue to use that space for all the activities they do on a Sunday and in the week. And if you just turn 180, you've got the same thing on the other side, new windows and roof insulation. I mentioned that, that legacy we received, some of that money will go towards the work that we uh, want to do in this area. But we do really need to find a contractor who can do this quickly because um, it is getting colder and that space does get cold. There's no insulation down there, as you can see. And so we really want to move forward on that space and make it um, as usable as possible and as quickly as possible. So we're trying to realign the building to make space for the people that God is sending us and really investing uh, in our young people and giving them all the support and the resource that they need. So please pray that uh, we find the right contractor uh, who can do that work efficiently and well and to price and we get that space turned around really, really quickly. Now historically this church has had a history of sending and supporting people overseas to overseas mission. And we've got a new opportunity within our midst this morning. So I'm going to invite Tina to come and tell you a little bit more about it. Let's welcome Tina. Hello, everyone. hope you're all well. Um, so uh, since I was 10, I'm 21 now, I've always had the dream to become a missionary. Um, I've always had the passion to travel to all sorts of different countries over the world to tell people about Jesus. Uh, but although I knew what was in my heart, I had no idea what it was going to look like or, or how it was going to pan out. Uh, all I knew was that a seed had been planted, but it was yet to grow and flourish. Last year, I went away to Northern Ireland to do an internship with a Causeway Coast Vineyard Church. I spent 10 months working for them voluntarily. I basically did anything they asked me to. I helped to organise conferences, learnt lots about worship and production, worked in the offices every day. And alongside all of that, I also did a course called Encounter School of Mission, uh, it was here that I learned to share my faith with people that I'd never met before. I offered to pray for them and sometimes gave them a word from God if I felt like I had one for them. And I'd never done that before, so it was good practice. Um, our team went out onto the streets of Corain every week and I really grew my faith as I saw God work in other people's lives too. Um, I'd never really done anything like that again either before I moved, so it was quite terrifying uh, but an amazing experience. Uh, this then culminated with me going on a mission trip to Norway of March this year as a part of my course. And again, I got to speak in uh, three different churches and also got to minister to people that I'd never met before. It felt really emotional being there and it felt like the seed had been planted and was starting to grow as a part of my dream I'd had as a child. Uh, and I just... Um, felt so blessed by God as I knew he was starting that work in me. Um, as my time in Northern Ireland came to an end, I knew that there was something more for me. I had originally thought I would stay on for another year. I thought that before I even moved there and I wasn't budging. Um, <laughs> but it turns out that was not in God's plan and I quickly learned that. Um, I was really confused as I didn't know what was next, where I was going to go, but I just had to trust that God did have a plan and I had to trust that he knew better than I did. Um, I just couldn't shake that strong sense off my heart, though, that I was called to go overseas to meet new people, help them and tell them about Jesus. Um, obviously, my mum and dad were praying about it too, as I definitely couldn't do it on my own. And then one day, my mum actually called me and asked me if I'd considered going on the Logos Hope ship. And I had no idea what that was, uh, but my mum and dad both felt like they had a picture from God uh, that they wanted to give to me and that I was to pray about it as well. Uh, so I was looking it up on their website and started to get really excited about what I was seeing. Everything I read seemed to resonate with me. 
it seemed like after years of waiting, not knowing uh, that God was finally showing me my future. Um, After praying and sensing God's leading, I began a very long application process and multiple interviews from April to June this year, right to the end of my Northern Ireland journey. And then finally, two days before I left Northern Ireland to come home, they called me to say that although it normally takes weeks to process their final decision, as all my information has to go through the main team in Germany, They wanted me to know straight away that I had been selected to join the ship. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I was just so excited and so overjoyed. I was like shaking. I was like, this is not actually happening, but it felt real. Um, I felt like God was saying that I had made the right choice to step back from what I originally thought I wanted and that I had put my trust in him and I let him show me what was actually meant to be next. So I will be leaving Whitstable and Riverside to begin my new adventure at the end of January 2023 next year to join the Logos Hope team. So I have about three or so months left here with you guys. Um, Logos Hope is part of the ship ministry Operation Mobilisation, known as OM, uh, the shortened version. Um, You may have heard of them, but it may also be very new to you today. So with the lights down, I would love to show you um, a video that just blesses me and just show you guys what what they do. OM Ships International is a non-denominational Christian organization dedicated to bringing knowledge, help, and hope to the people of the world. Since 1970, our vessels have welcomed more than 45 million visitors up the gangways in over 150 different countries and territories. For many, a visit to one of our ships is the first time they've ever had access to good quality literature at a price that they can afford. And this attraction often brings thousands of visitors to the ship each day. Our current ship, Logos Hope, features the world's largest floating book fair. And with over 5,000 titles of Christian, educational, and children's books, there's something for the whole family. Many people without access to education have learned vital skills and have been able to enhance their lives through a purchase from the onboard book fair. While in port, the crew also come alongside the people of the country in practical ways, providing water purifiers, eyeglasses, library projects, and more in an effort to share the love of God in a tangible way. God has used books from the OM Ships Ministry and the practical service of Logos Hope's crew to impact countless lives for His glory. Oh, well, I always get emotional when I watch those because it's just oh, it's just incredible what they do. Uh, so this is the ship I will actually be living on. I've been on boats and ferries, never been on a ship in my life. So something new, I'm giving it a go. Um, so Logos Hope carries around 400 volunteers from uh, almost 60 different countries. Uh, and all the volunteers are mostly ages from 18 to 25 As I said, I will be joining in January and I have actually committed to a two-year period to begin with, so it's no less, so it's definitely two years, could be longer. Um, So this is what life on board the ship will look like for me. I will be working five eight-hour shifts a week, um, well, on the ship, every week, and this will either be in the galley, which is the kitchen team, or I will be on the cleaning team, known as the angels. Who want? Who wouldn't want to be called an angel? Um, working in the book fair, the international cafe, on deck, or in the engine room. So many options. Um, I don't know where I will be put until I get there, but I'm guessing it probably won't be in the engine room for everyone's sake. So if I am dad, I will be phoning you. 
Um, one day a week, I will go ashore and work with the people from the area or the country that we are docked in. Uh, this is called Sea Day, which stands for Connection Day, which I really like. Um, this could include giving free eye tests, building wells, going into schools, prisons or hospitals, plus so much more. I probably don't even know half of what I'm going to be getting into. Um, the volunteers do dramas for the local community. They offer to pray for them and really do try and show the love of Jesus through everything that they do. I will also have the opportunity to lead worship and be a part of the bands there, as there are services and small groups on board the ship, so my passion for worship can be used too, thankfully. Um, I will also be in lots of clubs and will be studying as well. Um, I will have one day off a week where I won't be working so can have some downtime, whatever that might look like. Um, everyone who's on board the ship, from the volunteers to the families who have chosen to live on there, um, right through to the captain, has to raise their own support and no one gets a wage. Um, I'm currently working to raise money for all the things that I need to pay before I go, like for all the vaccinations I need, um, a couple of months sponsorship up front, all my training costs, the airfare to get me to wherever the ship is at the end of January, and I also want to put enough away as well so I can contribute to my own sponsorship every month too. Um, I have been asked to raise £900 a month. And I know that sounds a lot. I almost fell off my chair in my interview when I was told. Um, but just to put into context, last year's cohort had to find £600 a month. But with the cost of living and the fuel prices um, getting higher now, they've had to increase it to £900 uh, just to keep the ship viable. Uh, none of the money I raise goes to me. It simply goes to the running of the ship to enable me to be there and to be part of the mission. Um, I'm sharing this today to ask you to pray and consider uh, whether you would like to partner with me and support the mission of Logos Hope. If you don't feel you can support me financially, then please support me through prayer as that is equally if not more important. Um, I have never been away from my family uh, without seeing them um, for longer than four months, and that was hard enough. So that is the part I especially need prayer for, as I am incredibly, incredibly close to my family. So it's going to be hard, but I know I'm meant to go on the ship, so it will. God will make it work. Um, I also get very travel sick, uh, <laughs> so I'm making a big commitment here, but prayers for that would be hugely appreciated, as that lit little area is something I am not looking forward to at all. I will have my sickness spans, and we will get through it. Um, but also, I will need ongoing prayer while I'm away, and I would love to keep you all in touch with prayer updates. Uh, Leanne, who is in charge of the kids, has asked me to keep in touch with the Kingfishers so they can learn about mission and follow my journey as well. So there is no pressure at all, but if you think you might like to support me either financially um, or through prayer or both, then please do come and chat to me after the service. All I will do today is take your details. Don't need to know anything else, just an email address and that is all. Uh, then I will be in touch in the coming weeks with my ship web page when that is all set up and ready. Um, I'll then be able to send you a link and through that you can decide what uh, the support will look like. Um, I will be in the cafe after the service on one of the high tables, so do feel free to come and chat to me and ask me any questions that you might have. Uh, if you don't yet know me, I'd love to meet you, so do come and say hi. Um, I really do appreciate you all listening to me this morning. Riverside is my church family, and I'm so thankful to God that I have such a strong base to launch from. So thank you. Very exciting. So, as Tina said, she'd be on the ship for two years. We can 
go to the ship where the ship is and, and, uh, and meet her there and possibly go on the ship. Keely's not so keen on that idea, um, but I would be. So, um, more at the time, we've just told the kids' group we'll run over a little bit, so I just want to quickly just sum up what I think the Lord is saying to us for the next season. You've heard lots of the practical stuff we're involved in, but I wanted to quickly talk about what I feel the Lord is saying uh, to us. Um, we've reflected on really on how we've grown. We've grown massively uh, over the last season. We've grown in our faith. We've seen what God can do when we put him first. We've grown in our understanding of Jesus. We've grown in leading naturally supernatural lives, responding to the, the voice of the Spirit and trying to respond in faith and stepping out in faith as God leads us. We've grown in compassion massively, and we intend to keep doing that. We've seen how these projects have just really grown and grown, and we're really tapping into the needs of the area in a very significant way. And we've grown in mission. We, we, I think the amount of touches into people's lives is increasing exponentially. We, we touch into so many people's lives in so many different ways through this church. Uh, we, much, we must touch many thousands of lives in so many different ways. And that's just continuing to increase. We received a prophetic word at the Wildfires Festival this year about reaching more and more people, new demographic groups and people. And I think we're seeing that more and more and more. God's opening more and more doors for us of opportunity. We've grown in our reputation more and more people know about us, and they think we're a positive influence into our community. We're not just a, a Sunday church. We're a church that is recognized as being prolifically involved in the community. Just this week, we had a very large NHS conference here, uh, 120 people in this room being trained, fascinatingly, on, on kindness, kindness within the NHS. One of the keynote speakers who was here we bumped into him and we had just a, a wonderful time to chat to him because he was training 24,000 of the NHS staff in how important kindness is within the culture of a caring profession like that. And we, we just resonated so much with what we try and do with the ethos of Riverside and what he was trying to teach. And I said, the very walls of this building, the fabric of this building is steeped in God's love and kindness. And you're, it's a great place to teach what you're trying to teach. And so we had a great day here on Thursday with all these guys coming to use the space. And all those people had a great touch of God and a touch of the culture of Riverside into their lives. And so having a really massively powerful and positive effect on our coastlands. What's next? Well, we have a sense that God is calling us to grow in maturity. That's not to say we're immature, but we have a sense that God is, wants us to grow up into the fullness of what it is to be mature in him. When Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, he, he wrote these words, and he used the analogy of a human body to describe the church. He said, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So Paul has a vision for the church here, and the vision encompasses these different elements. It's a vision where we're fixing our eyes and our hearts on Jesus. It's a vision for church where we're deepening our relationships with one another. It's a vision where we're connected and we're supporting one another in love. And it's a vision where everyone is playing their part. And we've experienced all of these things in measure over the past seven years or so. But we sense that God is calling us to mature even further, to grow up into, as Paul says, to become, in every respect, the mature body of Christ. And to achieve maturity, we all have our part to play. Paul is clear that every part of the body has to do its work for the body to work well, for the body to function as it should. And for Riverside Church to mature, then we all individually are called to mature. We're all called to fix our eyes and our hearts on Jesus. We're all called to deepen our relationships with one another, to speak truth and honesty and act with integrity towards one another. We're all called to ensure that we stay connected in relationships and support each other in love. And we're all called to reflect on what part has God called us to play with the unique gifts and talents that we possess. And all these things require effort and focus. 
And we have to make a choice. Because there are so many things that you can give your affections to, so many things you can fix your eyes on other than Jesus. To fix your eyes on him requires you to be single-focused. We talked about this in a preach a few weeks ago, to be single-eyed, to choose to let Jesus preoccupy your thoughts. And that requires discipline, and that requires choice for each of us individually. And to deepen our relationships with one another, we have to recognize that real relationships are sacrificial acts of love and honesty. If we want real relationships, then we have to make a choice to invest in real relationships. And that will require vulnerability. It will require integrity, require honesty, if we're going to mature in our relationships with one another. Superficial relationships are much easier to maintain. But if we're going to deepen our relationships, it will require choice again on our part. To stay deliberately connected with your church family requires a choice on your part. There are many other things that could get your focus or your attention or you could choose to invest in. But to deliberately choose to stay connected with the church family, again, requires choice on my part and choice on your part. Do we turn inward or do we turn outward towards God and to other people? A friend of mine once said that we all swerve to rot. And what he meant by that was left to our own devices. We tend to turn away from God, turn away from people, and turn away from what is good. I don't know if you've ever been on one of those travelators in an airport where you stand on them and you literally move. And if you want to walk, you can walk twice as fast, but they will carry you along. I can't moonwalk, but I, 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 you know, that's what they do. They move you along. And I think sometimes as believers, we think if we just adopt a passive stance, that's okay. But actually, if you're being passive, I think you're regressing. I think you're being pulled, you're swerving to rot, you're moving away from God and away from people. And so to actually choose God and to choose people, to choose an outward life, actually requires discipline and choice. Church life is countercultural. We live in a consumeristic society full of consumers. And to choose to be a contributor, not a consumer, requires a countercultural choice on your part and my part. We're, we're going against the flow, going against the tide, going against that travelator which is taking us in one direction. And I say all this to say we don't grow in maturity by being passive. We grow in maturity by making deliberate choices. And what we do, we choose to partner with God and we choose to partner with each other. And together, we grow up into all that God has for us. And the truth is, many churches grow numerically, but they don't grow in maturity. And the last thing I want is for Riverside to grow numerically and not grow in maturity. We're called to grow up into the things of God. And maturity comes as we fix our eyes on Jesus as we choose to commit to one another in love, as we choose to serve each other, and as we choose to play the part that God has given us. And we're so grateful for all God has done up until this point. We're so grateful that all God has birthed that we see around us, but we're convinced there's more. We're convinced there's more because Paul talks about a fullness in God that we're all called into. And we feel we have a foundation now on which to grow into that fullness. And Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, he said, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And that's a deliberate choice to press into the fullness of what God has for Paul. And I believe Jesus has his firm hand upon us at Riverside. Jesus has taken hold of this church. And our job is to take hold of that which God has taken hold of us for. We keep reaching for the fullness of what God has for us. And we hear about projects like... Um, all wrapped up, we think, wow, that's a big project. It's just the beginning, I think, of what God has for us as we move into maturity. So what can we do together? Well, I think we can, together we can encourage each other into maturity. God is calling us as individuals and as a body to grow up into the fullness of what he has for us. He's calling us into greater maturity because in greater maturity, we have greater influence and we have greater impact on our community. So why don't you just stand with me here? We're going to pray into this brief this morning. He's going to ask God to, to help us fix our eyes on him.
And if you invite the worship band back up as well, that'd be great. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you so much for the, the, the blessing of hearing about just the fantastic work of your spirit through Versailles. And Lord, we recognize a call upon our lives to grow up into the fullness of Jesus Christ. We are your body, Jesus, you are the head, and we want to be the, the fully working, mature body, the church, the vision that Paul saw. And so, Lord, as we celebrate today and we look forward with anticipation, God, would you stir our hearts? Would you help us to fix our eyes on you? Would you help us to support one another in love? Would you help us to maintain connection? Would you help us to find the part you've called us to play in your family? Lord, we celebrate you today. We worship you. We thank you for your goodness. And we press on to take hold of that for which you've taken hold of our lives. We press forward, God. We lean into you. We choose not to be passive, but we choose you again this morning. The psalmist said, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor in vain. And Lord, we have no desire to labor in vain. We recognize that your handiwork is all around us. You are the architect of our lives, the architect of this church. And God, we just call down your blueprint again for us and for this church. Give us the ongoing revelation of all that you want to do and all that you see, that we may walk into it in faith. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.